Welcome to the Providence Community Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Christy Craig. If you would like to stay connected with us, download our app, Providence Community, or visit our website, providencecommunity.org. Um, I'm going to read a, a kid's story to everybody today. But kids, it's going to be hard to, when you're all around there, don't you want to go down there so you can see the pictures better? Yeah? You could stay here if you want, but okay. That's great. Wow. I should say this first, because then later I won't want to. It's great to be here. We just, I've made so many wonderful friends here. This is such an incredible group of people, and we're just falling in love with you more and more. So thank you for allowing us to be here and be part of this. My wife didn't want me to introduce her, so I won't. She's embarrassed. Now I'm in trouble already. <laughs> but kids, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to read a story that we all need to hear because this has been a crazy year, hasn't it been? Everybody can't wait for 2020 to be over. But the story is going to help us, I think, get through it better. This story is called... Is that, is that good right there? Gotcha. The wind that obeyed. So here we go. Come, said Jesus, get into the boat. Let's go for a ride. Jesus got into the boat. Jesus' friends got into the boat. Splash went the little waves. Splash, splash. Jesus' friends began to make the boat go. Pull, push, pull, push. Almost went the wrong direction. Hey, you ought to try this, Jordan. It's great exercise, you know. (laughs) But, But Jesus was tired. He lay down in the back of the boat and went to sleep. See that all right? Now, while the boat was going, the wind started to blow. It blew the men's hair. It blew their clothes. It blew the water. (laughs) Soon the little boat was rolling up and down, up and down, up down. (laughs) Then some water came into the boat. Splash went the big waves. Splash, splash. Jesus' friends were wet. They were afraid too. Let's tell Jesus, they said. Save us, Lord. Wake up. Wake up. Jesus opened his eyes. He saw the water splash. Hey, I can read it over there, okay. He heard the wind blow, but he said, why are you afraid? I'm here. Should I read that one again? Why are you afraid? I'm here. That'll preach, huh? Then Jesus talked to the wind. He talked to the water, and he said, shh. 
still. And what do you think happened? What do you think happened? The water stopped. Yes, that's right. The wind stopped blowing. The water stopped splashing. They both got still. As still as could be. Jesus' friends looked around. Everything was quiet. Who is Jesus, they said. Even the wind and the waves do what he says. I know who Jesus is. Do you? Jesus made the wind. Jesus made the water. Jesus is God. And you know where he lives? Up in heaven. He, that's his one residence. And guess what? At, this, at the same time, right? You're both right. He lives in heaven and he lives in our hearts. That's why he's called Emmanuel, God with us, that we just celebrated but he's not just with us up there looking down. He's with us inside, right? Thanks, kids. Aren't they great? Give them a big... Thank you. Thanks, guys. Give me a back to your parents. Parents, help find your kids. <laughs> Nathan, would you be offended if I, I preached from over here? Is that okay? This is hard. You can't, everybody could see your notes and, you know. Hey, it is, it's a tremendous, it's a tremendous privilege to be here today. <laughs> um, how many knew that I, I flunked to school for the technically declined? I didn't even, this is a, this is a challenge right here. Um, I'm going to read the, uh, I left my Bible right there. Would you hand me my Bible, please? It's, it's in my man, man purse, Merce. It's easier than going through a woman's purse, let me tell you. No offense. I'm going to read the adult version of, of that story, even though I think the kid's story is probably the better version, Right? But I'd like to read this and, and tell you um, a little story. This is found in Mark, the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 4, the last verses of chapter 4. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care that we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. 
You know, if you can answer the third question, then you can answer the first question. The third question is, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. Jesus asked the first question, why are you so afraid? We're going to make a little connection here. Now, everybody knows I'm 39 years old. Why do people laugh when I say that? You know, all these believers that say they believe in miracles, and then I... Well, it, it was, I'm 39, and in 1973, I um, <laughs> flew to Springfield, Missouri, Missouri, if you're from Missouri, um, the show me state, to look at a Bible college I, I was thinking about attending. And it was a great week in Springfield. Hey, Rob, how you doing? My friend Rob Peck from Life Center, good to see you. Um, and it was a great week, and I, I came back, and... Um, my girlfriend at the time, not, not this one, this is, my, this is my real girlfriend here. We're, we're going to be married 43 years this week. She's my, my first wife, and I really, really like her. And um, <laughs> so my girlfriend picked me up, and um, we went out for dinner, and some, we did something I loved to do back then because I used to live near Philadelphia. I lived in uh, Vineland, New Jersey, God's favorite state. And um, you, this is what we're teaching the kids to do that when they hear the word New Jersey. And, um, and so we went to the Philadelphia uh, the Academy of Music to hear Eugene Normandy, watch Eugene Normandy lead the Philadelphia Orchestra, which I loved. And um, after the concert, we, we were headed home. We, we stopped for gas at this gas station like two blocks away from the Academy of Music. And, um, it, you know, we're, as they were pumping gas, I said, I'll be right back. I just need to go to the men's room. And I walked in, and, and it was like one of those really creepy places, you know, where there's like two inches of water on the floor. Do you remember when they used to be like that? And you're kind of like, you know, walking in there. So I'm in there, and I was, I was just washing my hands, and this guy walks in and pulls out a gun and says, this is a stick-up. And I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you, but there's something terrifying about somebody pointing a gun at your stomach. And I had just read, just read, because Philadelphia is a tough town. I had just read in the paper before I flew to Missouri that somebody was shot and killed in Philly for a quarter. So I am like freaked out. And this guy's pointing the gun at me and, you know, my hands are up and he goes, give me your money. So, you know, I gave him whatever I had give me the rest of your money. I said, that's all I have. Now I'm scared. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm, gonna, I'm a brand new, I'm just like only two years old in the Lord. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm just going to go to heaven. It didn't make me feel better at all. It just <laughs> shaking. And so he says, take off your clothes. <laughs> okay. So I take off my clothes. <laughs> Sorry for the image. <laughs> and I'm standing there in this two inches of water I don't have any, many, I don't have much on. Let's put it that way. And he goes to my clothes and he points the gun and he goes, where's the rest of the money? And I'm like, here, you want my watch? I gave him my watch. Where's the rest of the money? I'm thinking, where can I? It slowly dawned on me that this guy may not, he might be a drug addict acting like that. And I said, are you strung out? <laughs> Let me tell you what Jesus did for me. And I started telling my testimony because I was, Jesus set me free. I was a drug addict and a drug abuser for years. And 
And as I'm, I'm preaching, I just, you know what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on you? This anointing came on me. This boldness came on me. I am not scared anymore. And I'm preaching to this guy and I'm telling him everything I can think of about Jesus because he's still pointing a gun at me. And I just told him what Jesus did for me. And all of a sudden he goes, is that all you have to give me? And he puts his gun in his pocket. And when he did that, I knew, I knew it was a good time. So I kept preaching at him. So he's... He was really caught off guard by that. The Lord really touched him. So he's, he's walking out the door and, he's, and he goes, yeah, yeah, I, I'll leave your clothes outside, which I'm really glad he did. <laughs> and I said, come back here. <laughs> and he came back. I said, what's your name? He goes, Anthony. I said, Anthony, Jesus loves you. And I preached him all over again. So he finally left. I should have asked my wallet back, but I didn't think of that. <laughs> So he finally leaves. I am like pumped, you know, like, you know, so I get dressed and my girlfriend's freaking out like, what happened? Where were you? And I said, I just got, I just got robbed. So, (laughs) so I went in, I went into the, to the gas station where the part where you have to pay. And and so I said to the guy, I said, I just got robbed. And all the guy said was, who's going to pay me then? I'm like, that's a weird reaction. And I go out, and all the guys that are pumping gas, their heads are down. It was a, they were totally all in on the whole thing. So I, I lean over to the, to the guy pumping gas. I said, hey, when you see your friend Anthony, you tell him I said, Jesus loves you. And he looks up, he goes, you mean he told you his name? <laughs> then the police came, and they're dragging these poor guys off the street. Is this him? Is this him? No. And I'm preaching to everybody. The cops bring me down to the station. They said, now, if we catch this guy, you're going to press charges? I said, no way. I wanted to go to Teen Challenge, you know. It was a famous drug. Re- yeah, yeah, anyhow. So the cops were mad at me. Everybody's like, so we're driving home. And I mean, I'm, you know, man of God. I'm just like, and then, you know, the anointing starts to lift. <laughs> Then the adrenaline starts to lift. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I shook all night long because <laughs> I realized how close I came to getting popped, right? So why did I tell you that story? Because it goes along with this Bible story that Jesus is in my boat. I've been looking for a good excuse to tell that story for a long time. <laughs> so let me, ask, let me say this. If Jesus is in your boat, can it sink? It says a great windstorm arose. And it's not, you know, I've been out in the ocean. I've been out in a, in, in a, a big boat. And it got scary a couple times because you, you couldn't see the shore. And the waves got a little rough. But, you know, we're in a big boat. And they've got the radio. And they've got, they can get in touch with the Coast Guard. And they've got an engine that can move pretty fast. And I was, you know, thinking all my Jack Frost stories, you know, and I'm like, that's, but these guys were in a small boat, a small wooden boat that probably leaked and creaked. They didn't have Coast Guard. They didn't have radio. They didn't have an engine. They were just getting blown around by big waves that were coming up over the boat, splashing down. And Jesus was sleeping. Now, how do you sleep through something like that? He was really tired. Wouldn't you say? Have you ever slept through something like that? Nobody. You can't, but he was exhausted from giving, giving, giving. And um, so the disciples were freaked out. 
And again, I'm going to keep asking this question because eventually you're going to see what I'm trying to say. Especially, hey, we had, a, we had an interesting year with COVID and it looks like we're going to have a little bit of it in 2021, right? 20, yeah, 20, not 21, 21, 2021. And can the boat sink if Jesus is on the boat? Can anything happen if Jesus is on your boat? And they said, teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? Now, have you ever felt like that? God, don't you care? Come on, somebody's felt like that before. Yeah, you, how many know you can be honest with God and he can handle it? They said, don't you care? You know, we felt that way before. Maybe not in a boat in the middle of the ocean with waves crashing down over us, but maybe, maybe you've gotten a turnoff notice from the electric cap, uh, company before or an astrogram from the IRS and we're devastated by the loss of a loved one. And Jesus asks us again, you know, why are you afraid? Why are you so afraid? And they said, who is this that even the wind and the rain and the, the waves of bam? And, you know, think about it. They were on the boat with the man who made the waves. We used to, when I was a kid, they used to have a Texaco advertisement. Trust the man that wears the star. How about trust the man that made the stars? He not only made the ocean, he made the fish that the fishermen were fishing for. He made the stars that guided them. He even made the trees that they built the boat from, right? Who is this man that even the wind and the waves, and if he's sleeping on our boat, can our boat sink, really? And they got to the other side. It says they came to the other side. Even though it looked like they wouldn't make it, they came to the other side. Even though there was a storm, there was crashing waves, a boat filling, everybody made it because Jesus was on the boat. They made it to the other side. Do you ever have a time where you thought you weren't going to make it to the other side? But you made it. So my question today is, is Jesus in your boat? If Jesus is on your boat, you can't sink. If he's not in your boat, good luck. But it's not hard to get Jesus on your boat. What? <laughs> you can invite Jesus to come in your boat. You don't have to sink. And I, I hope as you hear the rest of the story today that you begin to think about inviting Jesus on your boat. And there was a storm. You know, as much as I like things to be nice and calm and perfect, I'm a Christian. Everything should go well, right? Right? Wrong. If you live in this world, you are going to have troubles. I'm not trying to be negative. I believe in faith, but you're going to have troubles. You can't live in this planet and not have to face a trouble or have something go wrong. There's, we're all facing COVID. We all face pressures, maybe marital issues, maybe problems with your kids, maybe 
maybe problems at your job, maybe problems with finances, maybe something goes wrong, you know? Uh, I, I, always, I always laugh, you know, we'll get so freaked out over the littlest things we're complaining. I've spent a lot of time in Africa and India where people spend a whole day, you know, looking for something to eat, you know, and we're just griping because the, the grill won't start, you know, first world problems, right? But we've all probably, everybody in this room has faced some really tough times and you're gonna continue to face them. But if your security... If your security is just in people, if your security is just in your income, if your security is just in your friends, you're in trouble. Because nobody, nobody is safe based on job or a friend or whatever. There's no security in that, none. There's only one place to get security, that's in Christ. It's the only stable thing in the universe is Jesus. And you know, in confusing times like this, you know, a lot of, look, it's, it's normal to ask questions. It's normal to say, I don't understand why this is happening. And you know what? A lot of times there isn't an answer. I remember um, I was in uh, Mozambique, uh, Africa, and um, I was with Heidi Baker, which is a real privilege, and I'm um, Heidi had invited this blind man to come to the, to the meeting. I'm sitting with, um, with Roland, her husband, and Charles Stock, and, and Bill Johnson. That's some real serious name dropping, huh? And we're sitting together, <laughs> and we're waiting because Heidi is going to pray for this blind man. And he's completely blind, and she, she prays for this man, and we all watch this incredible healing. He gets his eyesight back. And actually, I gave him my sunglasses because the sun was just killing his eyes and had the privilege of helping Heidi baptize him in the ocean. He walked all the way out, way past these rocks, no problem, because now he can see because of Jesus. And, you know, that happens hundreds of times. It happens all the time. They've had over 300 people raised from the dead. I kid you not. Maybe that shocks some of you. My friend Supresa has raised six people from the dead. He only counts five, though, because he went to the morgue and prayed for his friend who was in the morgue, raised him from the dead, and the guy died six months later of something else, so he doesn't count that one. If I prayed for a dead person and their pinky moved a millimeter, I'd be on the 700 Club, you know? <laughs> so anyhow, and I, the reason I'm telling you these stories is because they have resurrections from the dead. The blind are healed. The, the poor are fed, and yet people still die. And not everybody's healed. And they still have whole cities that are starving. You can't figure it out. We just keep giving ourselves to make a difference, but you can't figure it out. But you need Jesus in your boat. You trust Jesus. That's the only way you get through it. You can't figure it out. You can't understand it. And I'll say this. You cannot weather, you cannot weather external storms if you haven't navigated through the internal storms first. You can't weather a storm if you have misconceptions about who God is. You can't be surrounded by, by life's waves and, and ocean waves crashing and wind crashing if you don't know that God loves you. So many people struggle 
when, 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 look, we're guaranteed storms. Just get used to that. We're going to have storms. But if you don't deal with those internal storms, you'll never make it through the external storms. How can you make it through a storm if you don't really know that God loves you? You know, a lot of people have a mixed theology. I hope you read the book of Galatians sometime. The whole point of the book was to show you nobody can live by the Old Testament laws. Nobody can live by law, period, and be right in God's sight. And But what the Galatians Christians were doing is they were saying, well, we're saved by faith, but we stay saved by good works. And you know, a lot of Christians actually believe that. I'll tell you how I know that. Most people think if they do something wrong, that God's mad at them. Or if something goes wrong, well, God loved me. Why did this happen? God gets blamed for everything the devil does. Did you ever notice that? If you don't know the Father loves you, how can you weather a storm when everything's going wrong around you? You have a, a dear friend I've been counseling with for a couple years who's had his whole life changed because he, he, he got a new theology. He was raised like, like most of us were in a church where we're, we know we're saved, we know God. I mean, everybody, you could talk to a, a guy on the street that, that everybody knows God loves you. But what you know up here and what you believe here are two different things. I would say in the counseling that I've done, over 90% of the people I've ever ministered to don't really believe God loves them in their, in their hearts. They don't believe it. I mean, you know, they sort of do, but then why did this happen? Why did that? If you don't know the Lord loves you, 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 you won't be able to make, make it in life. And this guy um, had some physical challenges and um, he had a, a really successful business, sometimes up, sometimes down. Every time something went wrong in his body, Every time something went wrong in business, he felt like God was punishing him. How can you survive a storm if you think it's a punishment? Can I just tell you this? God doesn't punish us. Jesus took all the punishment on the cross. God doesn't judge you. All the judgment was taken out on Christ on the cross. Every sin you've committed or are going to commit, every... Everything that has ever been wrong, because God's wrath isn't against us, it's against sin. God loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God's, by the way, you should listen to the Christmas Eve message if you ever really want to get the best illustration I've ever heard of the Father's love. Pastor Nathan shared that one um, Christmas Eve here. How can you survive if you think God's punishing you? See, Jesus took our punishment. By grace, we're saved by faith. So if you don't know you're saved by faith, or if you think you're saved by faith, and then if you do something wrong, God's going to discipline you by punishing you, then you don't understand the gospel, and you don't understand God's love, and how can you handle life's waves and storms? You have to know that God loves you unconditionally and nothing you do, nothing you say can change his love for you. It says that we, a spirit of adoption, 
has come on us. We get a new DNA. You know, you're not a mere human anymore. Can I tell you this? The Bible says you're not even a normal, you're not a mere human being anymore. You've got divine DNA. You become a son and daughter of God. That's what the Bible says. Your sins are all forgiven. You're the constant object of God's passionate affection and love. All the time. But yet, when a storm comes, we think, man, why did, why did, why did God do this to me? Why? God didn't do it to you. It's life. We live in a broken world. The world has fallen. It's not going to be the way you like it until we get to heaven. Until then, it says he's given us authority and dominion, and it's our job to take over, to subdue the earth through the power of God. So, yeah, we're in a war zone, right? It's not God punishing you. All that was taken out on Jesus. Man, when... when um, the, uh, Singing that song today, I just got wrecked. I mean, it is all about Jesus, isn't it? That's what he's done for us. Is he in your boat? Is that Jesus in your boat? If Jesus is in your boat, you are not going to sink. I'm really concerned because so many believers don't know the gospel, they don't really understand what Jesus did on the cross. There is no more punishment, guys, for you. Jesus took it all. Christians have a hard time with that. Well, God's got to be mad at me for something. Or I've got to do something. Listen, Paul said, the moment you the moment you think that you can do something to earn God's approval or earn his forgiveness, you've fallen from grace. You know that expression, fallen from grace? It's always the pastor running off with a secretary that's fallen from grace. That's why my wife is my secretary. But anyhow, <laughs> you, you're not. <laughs> no, that's when you're falling into grace. You know what he was talking about when he said falling from grace? It's when people started thinking they had to do something to add to their salvation. It's an insult to God when we try to do something to stay saved or be saved because then we're adding self-effort and we all want to do something. There's only one thing we can do. There's only one thing God requires us to do. It's to believe the gospel, period. We do stuff out of response to that. We obey because we're in love. We obey because we're just so thankful for what God did for us and we know he's got great things for us. We don't obey and do things so God won't be mad at us. So how can you go through life's storms if you don't have the internal ones dealt with? So my challenge to us today is like, believe the gospel that you are loved, that Jesus paid it all and he really paid it all. There's nothing left to pay. You're gonna, if you're like me, I have to shed my Italian guilt complexes. We're raised to feel guilty. If God was mad, he was always mad at me. My parents were always mad at me. Everybody's mad at me. That's how you grow up. But it's not the gospel. Do you hear what I'm saying? So, is Jesus on your boat? 
Do you have the internal storms dealt with first? Do you believe the gospel that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and was raised from the dead? No strings attached. Do you believe in the love of God? That God loves you no matter what. Romans just says nothing can separate you from his love. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but a, a spirit of adoption, not a paper adoption, a DNA adoption, where we cry, Abba, Daddy. I'm, I'm a daddy. I have three beautiful daughters and I've got four grandsons. And I, I try to be a good dad, but God's father's a much better dad than I am. But let me tell you this, and this is gonna sound harsh, but if I wanna teach my kids, don't cross the street without looking because a car might hit you. I don't make them lie down on the street and run over their legs with a car and break their legs so they'll know never to go on the street again. Would I? You go to jail for stuff like that. Yet we blame God for it. We, tell, we, we say God does that stuff all the time. That's not God, okay? I've had people come up and tell me, well, God gave my two-year-old son leukemia to teach me patience. No, he didn't. That's pagan. Do you understand? I, 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 it's like God is not like that. God is not like that. God is good all the time. He loves us all the time. Did you ever see anywhere in scripture where Jesus broke somebody's legs to teach him a lesson? Did we ever see in the Bible where Jesus made somebody sick to teach him a lesson? Where he made somebody starve? It was all the opposite. He healed, he raised the dead, he fed. Jesus is perfect theology. If you wanna really know what God the Father's like, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You wanna know what God's like? Look at Jesus Christ. He's not gonna drive over your legs and break them to teach you not to go on the street. We have all these wacky ideas. How can we survive any storm in life if we think God's out to get us? You know, like crazy worship song we used to sing that should be banned forever. He gives and takes away. He gives and takes away. Like, what, is he schizophrenic? <laughs> we make, make me schizophrenic. Oh, and I know, I know, and I bet some of you have said this yourself. You're afraid to relax and enjoy something God gave you because he might take it away. Come on, you know, those, if you haven't thought it, you've heard people say it. Where do we get this stuff from? How can you weather any storm if you think God's taking something away from you that he gave you last week? God doesn't do that. He gives and he keeps giving. The enemy is a thief and a liar, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And God's giving us power and authority over that. Are we, are we, are we batting a thousand yet? No. Not everybody's healed yet. But we're getting there. Do you understand what I'm saying? It just, I know it. it's got to grieve the Lord when people think that he's so cruel and unkind. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen God the Father. That's good news. You know, there's a reason it's called good news. When we first got saved, it was great news. You know why? All our sins are forgiven. God loved us. It was the first day of the rest of our lives. We were so in love with Jesus, all of us hippies, when we got saved. And then after a couple months, you know, that 
one of the elders comes along and hands you the rules. Hey, kid, here's the, cl here's the club rules. You know, you got to dress up. You got to do this. You got to do that. And slowly we lost all our joy. And then every time something went wrong, we're freaking out because we didn't know the gospel anymore. The gospel is that Emmanuel, he is in us. He lives in us. Your sins are forgiven. You are passionately loved. And if you want, he's the one sleeping on your boat. It says in Hebrews chapter 7 and chapter 10 that we're perfect in his sight. I want my wife to hear that. <clears throat> Did you hear that? That when God looks at you, you're perfect in his sight because of what Jesus did. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.21, we are the righteousness of God. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we would become the righteousness of God. When God looks at you, you're righteous. It's the righteousness of Christ, not your own. This is a great deal. And when you know that, when you believe like that, when life storms hit, you know Jesus is gonna take care of it. You know he's gonna help you through it or give you the grace you need to make it. So this morning, who's on your boat? Who's sleeping in your boat? Is Jesus on your boat? You're not gonna sink. If he's not on your boat, invite him on. And it's okay if you're scared about something, go wake him up. You know one of the greatest prayers in the Bible? I'm going to tell you the great, one of the greatest prayers you could ever pray. You ready? Help! It's a good prayer. It works every time. Jesus, life gets really hard down here sometimes. Our friends die. Something's wrong at work about our kids we have a bill we can't pay there's always something Lord but today Lord we just want to repent and say you know what Lord we're sorry we forgot that you are in our boat and that you can no boat can sink with you on it Lord we just turn to you today and today, if you've never invited Jesus on your boat, it's really simple. The Bible says if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. You invite Jesus in by receiving him, by believing in his, what he did on the cross, his resurrection, inviting him in your life, letting him come in the boat and take over. If you'd like to do that today, I want to lead you a little prayer and then you can come up front and tell somebody that you did this and we'll give you some direction. But just say, Jesus, I invite you into my boat. I believe that you love me. I believe you died for my sins and were raised from the dead and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come in my life, Lord, I invite you. And if Jesus is already in your boat today and you are dealing with 
gale force winds and you're waterlogged, I just want to invite you to come up front today and get some prayer. I believe the Lord's got healing for people today. I believe he's got revelation for people today. I believe he's got power for people today. I believe today, for a lot of you, God's going to, Jesus is just going to say, peace, be still. And whatever it is, it's going to be. Yeah. So, Nathan. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you'd like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give online at providencecommunity.org. 